You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. Follow me on Twitter at Pat Sports Guy. Follow the show Locked On Horns today. I have fellow Longhorns Wire contributor, Griffin McVeigh, joining the show to break down this 2021 recruiting cycle, day one of the early signing period. It is a three-day process, but I think a vast majority of everybody that's signed has signed today, signing 19 players on day one. Not a number I expected, uh, but first, I want to say that we are going to get into this recruiting Coming up in segment two and three of the show, well, Griffin, let's start it off. There is a basketball game on Wednesday night. Texas will be taking on Sam Houston State, a team that recently played fellow Big 12 team Texas Tech and lost by 32 points. I think it's safe to say that this is just kind of a warm-up game before they get into Big 12 play. They were originally slated to get into Big 12 play over the weekend. Baylor had to cancel due to COVID-19. What are you expecting to see tonight as far as the Texas Longhorns in Sam Houston State basketball game uh, is concerned? I think it's going to be a lot of what, you know, we saw from Sam Houston State against Texas Tech. It, I don't think it's – it's definitely not a game that they can take lightly, but I, I don't think it's going to be a real test uh, for Texas. Uh since their loss of Villanova, I mean they they played well. They played well against Texas State, uh, won that game by 21. Um, but I just think expect more of the same. You know, lots of Courtney Ramey, um, and just you know, like we said, a good warm up game before playing a really good Oklahoma State team over the weekend. Yeah, I mean you're gonna have two of the top freshmen uh, facing off when they play Oklahoma State. You're talking about Cade Cunningham on one side. You're talking about Greg Brown, the third on, on the Texas side. So it's a really good matchup. Also, guys that are uh, one and done guys. So, you know, it's a NBA draft preview show, so to speak, to see who's going to have the bigger game. As far as the game against Sam Houston State, I kind of expect there to be a lot of maybe some Greg Brown, trying to get him some more minutes and get him more acclimated. Uh, he played a lot better in his last game, um, you know, and – He's starting to add the three-pointer to his game. I think that's only going to help him with any NBA draft. Uh, led the team, obviously, with 18 points. I'd like to see him do that. Uh, I'm actually excited if they can get a lot more minutes to Kai Jones because it seems like he brings the energy. Uh, he's a guy who can do it on both sides of the court. Uh, he's a little more of the scoring threat than a, a Jericho Sims inside. Right. Yeah, Kai Jones has been awesome for this team. There was a one point – throughout the Maui Invitational where he just had not missed a shot. Either it was inside or he was outside. He can step behind the three-point line as well. But he's definitely an electric spark that this team gets down low. And it's really fun when Texas goes with a bit of a bigger lineup. You throw Ramey, Ramey and Coleman. And then down low, you have Greg Brown, Kai Jones, and Jericho. I think that's really where Texas is at its best with Kai Jones on the floor and playing uh, bigger. 
Yeah, and I think the other thing is they need to get some confidence to Andrew Jones. He's kind of struggled a little bit as of late with the shooting. Uh, we saw what he could do down the stretch last year towards the end of the season. You know, maybe some of it had to deal with this early season being, you know, dealing with the COVID-19, possibly, uh, you know, just being cautious uh, mm-hmm. due to the fact that he did. Uh, he is recovering from uh, leukemia. I mean, I know he's he's in remission and all of that, but I mean, the to have a, an immune system uh, that that had to deal with that, and then and throw COVID nineteen on top of it. So it might be some cautiousness with him. I know he did miss a game early on due to uh, them being overly cautious. He didn't have COVID nineteen or anything of that nature. But I think it's an opportunity to get him some more minutes. And I'm kind of curious of your thoughts here. What's this rotation going to look like when and if? Jace Febris gets back. I mean, obviously, he's their best knockdown shooter on the outside. Does that mean less minutes for Brock Cunningham, who's kind of been their their scrappy guy? Um, uh, I know Jace is the shooter, but he doesn't provide the other things that Brock does. Right. I, I hope it doesn't mean less minutes for Brock Cunningham. I really love what he's been doing. He's He does everything that's not going to show up on a stat sheet. I mean, he's going to chase down these long rebounds. He's going to he's going to lock a guy down if he needs to be shut down. I mean, he does a lot of things uh, for this team, but uh, I don't know what the rotation is going to look like. This is probably Shaka's deepest team that he's had. There's probably eight or nine people who can, who can play and you would be confident with them being on the floor. Uh, It's definitely going to shake up once he's back, but it's going to be interesting to see how Shaka starts to tweak and, if he does continue with the whole playing a little bit bigger and maybe taking a guard out. Yeah. We haven't even factored in the fact that you got Royce ham uh, who also is, is a big guy inside, you know, he can provide you some of that, that energy with, with, you know, getting boards and creating and, and they've shown this year that they are not afraid to push the transition game. I mean, they push the tempo up and down the court. We see it, uh, you know, Matt Coleman, uh, arguably probably the leader of this team, probably one of your better players. Uh, and, and the great thing about him is they're not counting on him to score. They don't need, you know, they don't, they need, don't need him to score, out. you know, you know, he's the, he's the facilitator and, and you have the junkyard dog and, and Ramey who can, who can do a little bit of everything. And, and Andrew Jones, once he gets his scoring up there again, you know, he's another guy. And I think really the big takeaway for this game tonight uh, against Sam Houston State is is like we said, it's not going to be a competitive game. It's no. really not. Uh, I think they last time I checked, twenty eight point favorites in this game. So they're expecting a blowout uh, relatively early in this game, and that's what you should expect. So I think it's just a matter of getting them on the floor. All right, so let's switch gears. Let's talk about what everybody wants to hear about. I mean, we're talking football. We're talking. National Signing Day, early signing period, the Texas Longhorns signed 19 of their uh, recruits for the upcoming class. Tom Herman has said there's nine more spots, uh, and we still are awaiting to find out when Ishmael Ibrahim uh, is going to officially sign his uh, letter of intent. It was not expected for him uh, with the things that happened over the last weekend that he was going to sign, Uh, but we're going to get into that coming up next. I now want to remind you about our 
good friends over at Coors Light. You know, one of the the great things right now is this is the time to chill. So tonight when the Texas Longhorns basketball team is on the court again, playing against Sam Houston State, it's that time to chill. So why don't you reach for that ice-cold Coors Light? Cold-filtered, cold-lagered, made from that Rocky Mountain water from the brewing for the from the Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado. As always, I want you to celebrate responsibly, but the great thing is we got to wind down. Sports makes it great. Even if your team isn't playing tonight, isn't playing tomorrow night, you can still find a sporting event on TV. NBA's coming back. College football is winding down. So so find your your team or your game and reach for the beer that's made to chill talking Coors Light. And the great thing is they can bring it right to you. Go to get.coorslight.com. You can find the nearest distributor that is going to bring that Coors Light cold filtered beer right to you. Coors Light, let's go. All right, so let's let's talk about this National Signing Day. Let's talk about the recruits. And, and first, we know about the guys like a Jatavion Sanders, but I want to know who, when you look at this class and you look at the guys that they signed, which prospect is giving you that level of excitement? I mean, who's who's the guy you look at and go, okay, and let, let's stick on one side of the ball here. Let's let's talk offense. Offensively, when you look at this class and the guys that they signed, who, who brings the excitement level for you? Well, I think I know your answer is going to be Jonathan Brooks. Uh, what he's doing in the playoffs is unreal. Uh, I'm going to go with Gunnar Helm, though, tight end out of Cherry Creek High School in Colorado. He Something I feel like that's been missing from Texas this year is, you know, they've been rotating the tight ends around. They're playing a lot of 12, um, and it hasn't always been the same two guys. And I think Helm is going to have a really good opportunity to come in and be that pass-catching tight end that whoever the next quarterback is, he's uh, coming off a state championship where he, I mean, was scoring at least one touchdown every single week. So I think he's going to have a great opportunity to come in uh, and press early in this offense and maybe get going with uh, the future quarterback. Yeah. I mean, you have to like Gunnar Helm. Uh, one big thing I have with good, with Gunnar Helm coming in is I really like him, but the guy that I really liked was here last year and we haven't seen him. Right. And uh, in Braden Lybrock out of Arizona. Uh, again, another guy just like Gunnar Helm, one of those. He's more of a wide receiver tight end hybrid, which is the new age. Uh, they don't you know, there's not a a Cade Brewer type tight end on this roster outside of Cade. You could argue Jared Wiley is as close as you're going to get. But with the new age and, and how they do things. um. It's more that wide receiver concept when you're looking at tight end, which I thought was funny, uh, topic of Gunnar Helm. Uh, they were discussing Gunnar Helm today on Longhorns Network, and uh, actually his dad apparently knows John Elway. And John Elway told him, you might want to convert that kid to a tight end because that's where he projects. So about his junior year, he made that move. So talk about a guy who's relatively new to the position. He's still feeling himself out. I still think, though, that like you said, you have a guy there who brings that level of of explosive play, and he's really good down the field, which mm-hmm. is something that I think that this team missed because 
Tom Herman force fed Cade Brewer onto the field. Right. Not the, so, not the wide receiver tight end type. Right. And, and you look at Jared Wiley, he had one less catch than Cade Brewer all season, but way more production. We're talking 10 yards more per reception on, on relatively the same number of catches. I think that that hindered this offense. And I know that people love Sam Ellinger. I know they do, and I do as well. But Sam Ellinger hindered this offense as a passer down the field. He made up for it with everything else that he did, I think. But I think that's how he was hindered. But so you look at those two guys. So that's kind of why I'm hoping that Kay Brewer decides to move on after the season. He hasn't made a decision one way or the other with the COVID-19 situation and seniors can come back. It's not going to count against your scholarship numbers. So he could come back, but I think it's time for K Brewer to move on and allow this offense to kind of take the step into the, you know, the, the current generation of college football. Uh, I know Texas likes to run the football, which is something that a lot of other offenses don't do. Uh, They do have a good running back coming in and you, you hinted at it. Jonathan Brooks, a guy that I really like putting up video game numbers. Uh, He will play in the state championship tomorrow night. That's going to be exciting to watch him in his final game. Hallettsville is finally getting into the state championship for the first time ever. He's, he's uh, putting up numbers in the playoffs that you would see, you know, in one season. He's, yeah, uh, I think it's 1,400 yards rushing in five games. He's averaging right. 280 yards. He's averaging 5.6 touchdowns. Oh, by the way, he also has a punt return for a touchdown. He has multiple interceptions. He has a pick six. This guy does it all for that team. Uh, he is the reason why they're in the state championship game. Uh, you know, but he brings a lot. I like his contact balance. I mean, he's not the fastest guy. He's not the shiftiest guy. He's not the biggest guy. Uh, he's kind of rangy. He's kind of lanky. I think he could add add a few pounds of muscle to him to help him out, especially with the punishing style of runner that he is. He's not going to be able to do what he's doing to these kids in the Texas 3A right. on the way to the state championship. Uh, but I still think that he provides a lot, and I think he's a better – he's probably one of the better receiving running backs that is coming out of this class. I think what you said is why most people are maybe not concerned but maybe have their questions because he's doing at, you know, 3A, D1. It's not the not the biggest – I mean, I think – so out of six, uh, not playing against the best competition, but, I mean, he's destroying his competition. There's not much else he can do besides – do what he's doing so i'm kind of hoping that if uh lj lj johnson doesn't sign in february that brooks is maybe what Bijan was at the beginning of the year gets some carries but isn't the main feature back and i doubt he'll turn into that guy with robinson right there but definitely could turn into a great number two yeah i think uh when you look at if keontae ingram is gone obviously right. but yeah that's all assuming that he transfers transfers or goes to the NFL, which has been rumored. Mm -hmm. So uh, I I can understand that. Uh, And I I think that you're right. I think that that's a perfect role for him. The reason why I had so much problem with Bijan Robinson in that role is because I knew without a doubt he was the most talented running back on the team. Exactly. And yet he was getting the fewest carries. What has happened since? He's kind of taken over. He's become. Uh, He has more. Yeah, he's he has more rushing yards than anyone on the team. Uh, he also has more yards from scrimmage than anybody else on the team. Obviously, 
he should have been playing a lot earlier. Now you could factor in and say, well, that fall against Texas Tech. Yes, I understand that. Uh, but in that game against TCU, even though he was standing on the field, he returned a, a kickoff for a touchdown, got called back due to a penalty and never saw the field again. Keontae Ingram, he's getting winded towards the end of the game. He ends up fumbling. They could have made the switch and gone with Bajan Robinson, but they didn't. That is neither here nor there. But, you know, you saw those things. But with Brooks, it's totally different. Uh, another guy that I'm excited about is Casey Kane. A kid mm-hmm. out of, uh, I think he's New Orleans, Louisiana mm-hmm. yes. area. You know, he's a receiver about 6'2". He seems a little lanky. He kind of reminds me of Joshua Moore when you kind of look at him in size. I, but I think he's bigger. And he plays a lot bigger than 6'2". I mean, if you go back and watch his huddle uh, that that they uh, put out there, this guy is he's high pointing the ball. He's just jumping over all defenders. Uh, he looks like a 6'4 wide receiver out there. He's a guy to be excited about. I think Four-star Tom Herman said in his presser that Casey's, you know, he's a real quiet guy. He's not going to go out there. He's not going to talk to defenders. He's not going to, you know, run his mouth a little bit. He's just going to go out there, do his job, do it exceptionally well. And I think that's exactly what team's going to need. Good outside receiver who's just going to go out there, be reliable uh, downfield for whoever the next guy is. And, hopefully becomes a big play target within the offense. Definitely sure. All right, let's uh let's switch gears real quick. Griffin, let in our next segment we are going to get into the defensive side of the ball and obviously we're going to talk a little bit about Jatavion Sanders cuz I think everybody's excited about that guy. All right, so defensively Jatavion Sanders, right? Five-star recruit, he's an athlete. Thought it was interesting. Tom Herming spoke with the media today, and what did he say? He's going to play on both sides of the ball, which gets me excited because he is a wide receiver, tight end hybrid. We saw the one-handed catch. I mean, it's not the first time we've seen that. What (laughs) I think is interesting, it was something. Uh, What I think is interesting about it is Joseph Asai is leaving, and they don't really have a jack guy behind him that I would be comfortable with leaning on. You could say Reese Latow, while, yes, you could, and, and he did well in high school as a pass rusher. He doesn't give me the vibe that he's that takeover guy. Now, I think a guy who could play the jack role, kind of played that strong side defensive end a little bit more, was Jacoby Jones. Uh, I don't know how well he would do with that whole role as a jack because there's a lot asked of him in that. Uh, it's not, it's not you know, just rushing the passer. It's... No, it's not just rushing the passer. So, you know, I think, you know, that's that's going to be a big deal. It's, I mean, it's it's you got to rush the passer. You got to be able to drop back. As we saw, Joseph Asai can drop back into coverage. He can intercept the ball. He can play coverage. Or he plays the run really well, not just rushing the passer. You know, there's a lot involved in that. Jatavion Sanders is a guy that when I watched his tape, he's a guy that does that. I mean, we saw – at AT&T Stadium, uh, picks a ball off at the line and takes a 70 yards for a touchdown. I mean, those are the types of, of plays that you expect. And he is relentless. He's a hard – somebody told me that Jatavion Sanders is every bit as much of Joseph Asai in that he's got a relentless motor. He doesn't give up. Uh, you could go back and watch the state championship game from last year where they lost against Shadow Creek. And they had to make that big comeback. He was a big part of that. 
you know, they fell short, obviously, but and he's a guy that's going to go, go, go. Uh, defensively, I know we talked about Jatavion. Who's the guy you're excited about on the defensive side of the ball? There are a few names that stick out. One of them's J.D. Coffey. I mean, if there's something that Herman's done right in Austin, it's been recruiting defensive backs. I think he's going to be awesome, whether he plays at safety or if he moves to a corner position. And you can get really excited about the linebackers that they've uh, recruited, whether it's Terrence Cooks out of Shadow Creek, you mentioned Maurice Blackwell, one of those guys. But the guy I'm really excited for was a late, a late flip from Baylor and Byron Murphy. He's kind of an under-the-radar guy. I feel like he he was kind of the second dude in that DeSoto High School defensive line with Shamar Turner, you know, sitting there, defensive end. He's five-star. Sadly, he's off to AM. But Murphy would go to camps with him, uh, obviously playing those elite 6A D1 games, and he would just – I mean, he'd be just as good. He's, he would dominate the camps. Uh, DeSoto is probably the, one of the favorites to win the state title right now, and it's going to be because of uh, Byron Murphy. I think up the middle on the defensive line is really where that, I guess, rebuild in that unit uh, started outside of Osai. And I think Murphy is going to be able to come in, play significant minutes from the get-go, maybe compare him next to uh, Alfred Collins. And I think if you do that, you're going to have – I don't want to say the best, you know, interior defensive line in the conference, but it can certainly develop into that. Yeah. I mean, because you have to replace the Taquan Graham. I mean, you obviously have Tavondre Sweat, who's already there. He's been there. Uh, Keandre Colburn is there. Um, and then, like you said, Alfred Collins. I mean, I think that's a tandem there between him and, and Murphy. Murphy's a little undersized for what you like inside, but the, the traits are there and the productivity and the fact that he's able to produce at six, a is, uh, is one that I look at and go, okay. Yeah. I think, I think this guy, he, he can be what you want him to be. You know, he can be what you need uh, a guy that people aren't talking about. And maybe that's because he's injured uh, a guy that I would really tell you to pay attention to when camps start rolling around and they get ready for the 2021 season is Jordan Thomas. I think uh, at a, a – I want to say he's out of – Port Arthur. Arthur Memorial. Memorial. Memorial High. Um, yeah, he's a guy – he's relentless too. And he's a guy that I think could, you know, potentially play alongside with Jatavion Sanders in that jack role, in that pass rush role. Uh, he's a guy that I think is going to be one of those that you're going to have to watch this year. And so I, I would urge you to to go back and look at this guy's – tape and what he's put out there uh you know and then and then you have uh Derek Harris Jr. is another guy you know another he's been hurt all year he's been hurt yeah he's he's another one of those guys who's the weak side defensive end that's coming in so really the jack role that we're talking about uh, I know Tom Herman talked a little bit about what they're going to be looking at in the portal and that's actually what we're going to get into on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Horns Griffin's going to be back with me we're going to talk about transfer portals, who they should be looking at, uh, what we could be looking at moving forward. Uh, and then obviously Tom Herman spoke about, you know, this class being a rebuilding class. People talked about, they asked him about it. 
He didn't think so, but he did say while he was talking that I'm going to miss the heck out of Sam Ellinger. So I think that tells us that Sam Ellinger is gone, and now we're looking at the future quarterback position. I don't think that they're going to, unless they are in a blowout situation in their upcoming bowl game, I don't think you're going to see one of those young guys. But we're going to talk about who is the next quarterback at the University of Texas. I think everybody is pretty much in uniform, uh, but should they be? You know, that's going to be the big question, something that we are going to get into. But that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. Make sure you are checking out the Locked On Big 12 podcast with Josh Neighbors as he breaks down everything that's going on in the Big 12 conference each and every day. But for Griffin, I'm Patrick, and I will see you tomorrow. Welcome.